0: Well, the object that's in this box took me three years to earn in high school. Anyone want to guess what it is? Wow, you're good. Letter jacket. And uh, here it is, and I'm going to try it on. Had to get rid of the mothballs, but I'm going to try it on here. Still fits. What do you think? Huh? Not bad? All right. And um, now, this uh, letter jacket is from Anderson-Madison Heights High School. And uh, you know what? It no longer exists. That's how old I am, okay? But uh, this was a jacket that only seven people in my high school actually got. For some reason, in our high school, you had to letter in three different seasonal sports, and then you had to defend those three sports. So you never got this jacket in at least two years of doing sports. You know when I got this? May of my senior year. May of my senior year. You know how hot it is to wear this thing in May? It's like a sauna, man. And, uh, but I didn't care. And uh, I wore this like almost every single day. I remember sitting in class... And uh, I'd just sit there, and there'd be these beads of sweat that just would roll down my face. And I, one day, I literally almost passed out, because it was like 80 degrees. There was no air conditioning in our high school, uh, except in the library, which no student ever goes to, so I didn't, never understood why they did that. But I would I would just be there, and there's these, these beads of sweat going down. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought, I don't care. I'm going to wear this thing. In fact, when I went to college, when you're in college, it's not cool to wear wear your letter jacket. I didn't care. wore it all the time. Everywhere I was at. Because I loved wearing this jacket. The Bible says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, clothe yourself with what? With kindness. Just like many of us who love to wear our uh, letter jackets, if you got one. Uh, Paul says, we must love wearing kindness in our lives. He says, wear it every day. Wear it wherever you go. Be consistent and clothe yourself with kindness. Second Peter says this, make every effort to add to your faith, what's it say? Every. Kindness. He's saying, when you put your faith plan together, He says when you're trying to grow in your faith, the key is to grow in kindness. Make sure that kindness is a part of that plan. And let's look at this next verse. It's only three words. Uh, Let's read it together. It'll come up on the board here. Love is Oh, man, we can do better than that. Come on. One more time. Here we go. Love is kind. Yeah, you cannot be loving without being kind. Because kindness is a fruit that is produced out of love. Folks, you can't be loving without being kind. Now, if you haven't figured it out today, what we're going to talk about this morning is kindness. And I want to hammer in on it today on how we can increase our kindness in our lives. I want to teach about it. I want you to understand it better. I want you to go deeper in levels of kindness. Now, our key scripture for this morning is going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. It'll come up here on the board. Let's read this together, okay? One, two, three. God's people must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Okay, let's just do those last two words again. To everyone. To everyone. I mean, what would your life look like if you were kind to everyone? What would it look like in your family? What would it look like in your workplace? What would it look like in the church? What would it look like in our community if you were kind to everyone? And everyone was kind to one another. Well, today I want to share with you what I call a pyramid of kindness. A pyramid of kindness. And I'm going to talk about these different levels of kindness and how you can grow and increase in them. I'm going to talk about each one starting with level one. So let's look at the first level, which is actually kind of below the level of kindness. And it's called this jerk factor. Okay, jerk factor. You're not quite to the pyramid yet, but it's at the bottom level and it's called the jerk factor. Some people begin their journey to kindness at this lowest level. Some people, and you know who they are, are just harsh and critical and curt and mean. They're quick to judge. They're quick to criticize. They're quick to take junk and just throw it on top of you. I mean, some people have such a bad jerk factor that is so high that it's like they wake up in the morning and in their little pill box is a nasty pill. And they take the nasty pill out and they put it inside and it's a time-release capsule. In other words, it's nasty. It spreads out the entire day. And when they go to bed at night, if they're not nasty enough, they just get another pill and they put it in to go to bed so that they go to bed nasty and they wake up nasty. And if they need to take another hit, they just do. And people like this, if something goes wrong in their life, and it can be something very small, like a traffic jam or the computer doesn't work or a bad hair day or whatever, but if something happens, you better watch out. Because they have this ability that they're on a war path, and everyone that comes into their path is going to be taken out. There's going to be damage that happens, because they're going to take them out. I mean, given the right circumstances, they will do and say some extremely mean and nasty stuff to their spouse, who they've been married to for decades. They'll say horrible things to their kids who they claim they love. To friends and business associates, they'll say things who they say they care for. And people at this kind of jerk factor level are not safe people to be around because they can damage you. They can hurt you. And it's serious business. During my... um, College summers, I worked at the American Playground Factory in Anderson, Indiana. And the foreman of the factory was a guy by the name of Vic. And Vic was one of those guys who took a nasty pill before he came to work. I mean, I remember him just walking down and he would take a pipe and there'd be these different machines. He'd just bang, bang, bang. All right, you blankety blank, 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 blanks, get to work. We'd always just kind of be there, you know, freaking out, like, what's he going to do next? And I can remember one day, he had me sanding all these boards uh, for these park benches. And I was sanding and sanding. It wasn't an electric sander. It was with your hands, you know, a sand, what do they call that? <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. A block, sand block, right? So I'm doing this all day for eight hours each day. That's all I did. For three days, I sanded all of these. And I'll never forget, he came up to him and he looked at him and he goes, You think you sanded these? And I was like, yeah. You didn't sand these. This is crap. These aren't even worth the be you. you know, that kind of thing. I was like, I did my best. Your best isn't good enough. And he took them and he threw them in the big trash bin that we had. I just remember just looking and I was just always on pins and needles when it came to this guy. In fact one week he walked in and I'll go hey Vic you know I was trying to be kind as much as I could I go hey Vic he goes hey you SOB and that whole week that was my name like I would walk in and people wouldn't say hey Chris Bunch," they'd just go hey SOB and I was like whoa for the whole week that was my name pins and needles do you know anybody like this Do you know somebody who has this jerk factor that is so high that they're just waiting to lash out at somebody else? Well, before you judge them, before you put them down, God desires that we ask this one question. And it says, what has made them so unkind? What is it that has made them so unkind? And usually what you find, folks, is that there's some unresolved hurt in their life that is still there. And we know this, that hurt people do what? Hurt people hurt people. That's what they do. Now, it might be because of the family that they were raised in. Maybe there was alcoholism or drug abuse that was in the home, and that was just a part of their life. Or maybe they grew up with rage always happening in the home anytime. People would just fly off the handle and they were always scared. And they were always put down. And I know people who have committed their life to Christ, who it would take them 10 years maybe to get out of this level. They loved God, but there was just so much jerkness from their past that they just couldn't get beyond it. And I remember one particular guy, he went from like a negative 10 at the bottom of the level to a zero, just to the top of the line. And if you walked up to him, you would probably say, this guy's still a jerk. But if you didn't see the 10 years of how he changed, he didn't hit you in the face when he saw you, you know, it's that kind of thing. So before you judge, you have to ask yourself, what is it, why is it that they're so unkind? What is it that has created this unkindness? Now here's the point, folks. No matter where you start out, no matter what your past has been, no matter what your life has looked like, Christ is calling you to go one level higher than where you're at right now, to increase to a higher level of kindness today. And for some of you, And you know who you are, but the biggest thing you could do is get out of the jerk factor. And maybe you'd be able to go to the next one, which is this, the renunciation of the jerk factor. That's why I call it the K1 level. It's renunciation of the jerk factor. It means you reject the jerk factor altogether. And this K1 is kind of the true level of kindness. This is where you lower and remove the jerk factor from your life altogether. You just get rid of that nasty tendency. You get rid of thinking that you have a right to be unkind to people. It's your right to be unkind. When you get to this level, you go, you know what? I, I give up that right. Because the reality is, if you believe in Christ and you want to follow His teachings, this kind of place of acting and behaving and... You know, thinking like a jerk has just got to go. It can't be there. Folks, it's never nice to be nasty. And it's never right to be nasty, no matter what the situation is. I mean, just because you had a bad day or just because uh, you got in a car accident... It doesn't give you a right to come home and yell at your family and slam the door and kick the dog or kick whoever's around you because the k1 level says i'm going to give up the ability to be a jerk i'm just letting it go now throughout our entire summer series we've been looking at galatians chapter 5 trying to increase the levels of these attributes of what it means to be a follower of christ and so It'll come up on the board, and let's read this one together. When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Let's say that last word again together. Kindness. Folks, what the Scripture is saying is that you alone by yourself don't have to do this. It's really the Holy Spirit that will increase you in different levels of this pyramid to become kinder. It's not your own self-effort, but it's when the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, kind of takes over your life, He will give you the strength then to be kind, to grow in kindness. Now, it isn't one of these things where you're like, "All right, God, make me kind. No, you've got to have some effort too. You've got to say, you know what, I'm going to work towards this. I'm going to put things in my head that make me a kinder person. And the Holy Spirit says that if you do that, I will help you become kinder. I'll help you to move from the jerk level to the renunciation of that altogether. And at this K1 level, basically what you do is you begin to start saying, I'm just not going to be nasty to anyone anymore. I'm not going to rationalize it. I'm not going to justify it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to come more up one more level to this kind of K-1 level of being kind. Now folks, let me just kind of shoot it straight with you. If you're a Christian, or if you're trying to follow Christ, if you're trying to grow in Him, it's no longer cool to be grouchy, and nasty, and mean. It's no longer cool to use different gestures with your hands, or colorful language, or intimidate others with your words. That's no longer cool. It's time to put all of that stuff in the past and leave it there, and to renounce it so that the Holy Spirit can begin to produce some fruit in your life. Now, I want to get real, real practical with you, Uh, here. And uh, I want us to memorize a scripture verse this morning that uh, I pretty much think can remove the jerk factor in your life. And it's in Ephesians chapter 4, and it's the second half of the Bible in the New Testament. And um, what we're going to do, we're going to try to download this verse into our brains kind of like you download anything into your computer, we're going to try to download this into your brains. It's just seven simple words, but they have the ability to lower or remove nastiness from your life. So let's look at this scripture together, and we're going to read it together several times, okay? Let's read it together. Be kind and tender-hearted to one another. Okay, let's say it again. Be kind and tender-hearted to one another. Now, just so when tomorrow, when you wake up and you've had a long 4th of July and you went to bed late and the kids are up and you're just not so sure, we'll need to remember this again, so let's say it again. Be kind and tender hearted to one another. But you know, Tuesday's gonna come. And when Tuesday comes, you're gonna have this long weekend and then Tuesday's gonna come and you gotta go to work. And you're gonna be like, ah, I don't wanna do that. So when we walk in, we want to be able to say it again, be kind and tender hearted to one another. But you know, Wednesday comes and Wednesday is three days from church day. And you know, three days from church day, it's a, it's amazing how our attitudes can change at that point. They call it over the hump, you know, day. And so on that day, just so that we're remembering it, we need to make sure we say it again, be kind and tender hearted to one another. But you know, then Thursday's going to come. And when Thursday comes, you know what Thursdays are. It's the worst day of the week, isn't it? You've got all this pressure that you've got to get stuff done before Friday, and you've kind of procrastinated maybe on some tasks, and Thursday's there. And so for Thursday, let's say it, be kind and tender-hearted to one another. But then Friday's going to come, and you're going to be worn out, and you're going to be tired. Because you've already had one day, you know, that you didn't have to go to work. But Friday's going to be there, and they're going to expect all kinds of things out of you. And so um, on Friday, what we want to do is we want to be able to say our first name and then this scripture. Now, I want you to know when we do this, it might be really cool or it might crash. But it's really up to you. So you're going to say your first name and then this scripture verse, okay? One, two, three. Chris. Be kind and tender-hearted to one another. And I'm telling you, folks, that Scripture right there, it's worth the price of admission today. There are going to be people on lakes and fishing and at firework displays in which they're going to wish they had this today. Because you know what? There are going to be some jerks that are going to be around them. And they're going to be like, What is going on. Why do I want to kill this person? Well, because you didn't memorize Be kind and tender-hearted to one another. And uh, I just want you to know, when you download this and you put it in your brain, I mean, it can change your life. My 30 or 40 minutes that I'm going to talk here today, you're going to leave and statistics tell us by Tuesday, 95% of it you will have forgotten. But if you take this verse and you put it in your brain, you don't need anything from me all week. You can remind yourself, Chris be kind and tender-hearted to one another. That's when you'll begin to see this kindness factor really change your life. A couple weeks ago, I uh, was heading to work, and uh, I came up to the busy uh, intersection uh, by IHOP. That's called uh, Chatham and um, Fox Ridge Lane. And if you've ever been there before, there's like four intersections. There's the Y, IHOP, McDonald's, like, I mean, it's just mass chaos all right there. And I pulled up to it, and I was teaching on patience. This just happened uh, a week or so ago. And I pulled up, and me and another car pulled up at the exact same time together, and they were on my left. And uh, I know the law, You're, you know, the right-of-way is the person to your what? Your right. Well, we pulled up at the same time, so it was my right-of-way. But I've been, you know, thinking about patience, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to let this lady go. So she looked, you know, you do the wave, and they go, no, no, you go. And I go, no, 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 you go, and waved her on, and she went by, and she waved, and I waved. And I got ready to pull out then, and about that time I pulled out, and a guy comes up on my right. Um, I'm already halfway in the intersection, And he does one of those rolling stops. You know what that means? You just roll through the intersection, and you think about stopping as you go on the other side. That's what that means. And this guy pulls across, and all of a sudden, the jerk factor just kind of started coming up to my head. And it reached my hand, and I put the horn, and I just belted it, like that, you know. And uh, he looked at me, and he just smiled with this cocky smile and waved. And the jerk factor like went to my arm again. And all of a sudden, you know, as he was waving, I was going to wave back, but I was just going to wave one finger and say, you're number one. (laughs) And just as my hand got to about right here, I just remembered, be kind and tenderhearted to one another. And I stopped and I just put my hands on, you know, I put it on the brakes, put it on uh, the steering wheel. And I just thought, you know what? That guy's a child of God. God loves him. I don't know why he just did this. It just drove me crazy. I'm glad he's not my child, but he is God's. And uh, I just went on. And all I'm saying, folks, is that you, you have these things in your brain so that when you go through something, you can practice kindness. You can really say, be kind and tender-hearted to one another. Don't revert to jerkdom, but be kind and tender-hearted to one another. I mean, you've got to fight, folks, to stay at a K-1 level. You really do. You've got to fight to stay there. So let's say it one more time. It's up here. Be kind and tender-hearted to one another. Now, the next level that we're going to look at is a little bit more aggressive. It's a little bit more optimistic. It's where you go from damage control to the fact that in every circumstance you believe this, that kindness truly is the better way. That kindness is truly the better way. Kindness is truly the better way. This is where you surrender to the Holy Spirit everything that you are and you have, and every day you're prompted by the Holy Spirit to say, you know what, kindness... Regardless of the circumstances around me, kindness is truly the better way. The next verse there that's on your uh, outline in Proverbs 12, it says this. An anxious heart weighs a person down, but a kind word cheers them up. An anxious heart weighs a person down, but a kind word cheers them up. Now here's a very important thing that I want all of you to understand, and guys, especially you, some guys think that if you're kind uh, to your spouse, to uh, your kids, to co-workers, that all of a sudden you're going to lose some of your manhood, you know, like I won't be as tough or rough if I'm kind all the time. And many guys, they'll start doing, you know, kind things when they first come to God And uh, they'll do it to their wife. But then they're like, I don't want to be perceived as a wuss, you know? And all of a sudden, they start going down the pyramid instead of up. And uh, they go, I don't want to be kind because it makes me look weak. And the reality is this, folks, that kindness is empowerment. Kindness brings power to your life. It has power to change the people around you. I've seen that happen in my own life. When I'm kind to people, all of a sudden, they change around you. Now, it may take some time, but it happens. And at this K2 level, you begin to understand that these simple expressions of kindness can change the environment that you're in. Simple expressions of kindness can take angry people and make them less angry. It can take people who are sad and make them feel better. It can take someone who has stress and lighten their load. You can reduce somebody's fear. You can remove anxiety just from kindness. There is power in kindness to change people's lives. Now let's get back to my summer job. I told you about Vic who took the nasty pill. There was another guy who was in the crating department and his name was Elmer. And that's where I worked. You didn't know I had these skills, did you? I know uh, hammer, nail even used an electric nail gun one time and about killed somebody. So uh, I was the only college person that wasn't allowed to ever use that again. Um, I don't know why. But anyways, Elmer was the guy that was in this department. And we called him Elmo because he was like the soft, soft, cuddly, red Elmo. I mean, he was just a nice guy all the time. You know, just never got overwhelmed, too upset. He was just kind. And uh, one of the things that Elmo did was, we had two breaks, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, about 15 minutes. And he would make hot dogs for people in the factory. And, uh, you know, he would sell them for like 25 cents, just enough for the cost of the hot dog. Sometimes he'd give them away free. But he'd make these hot dogs. And uh, he knew, I mean, I didn't have two nickels to put together. I mean, I was just taking everything I got from that job and paying for my college. And he kind of knew that, and so every day, Elmo would make me a hot dog, and he'd kind of put it away from all the rest of them, and then he'd put it uh, in a hot dog bun, and he'd, he'd give it to me say, Here, Chris, man, I never knew how much a hot dog tasted so good about 9.30 in the morning, but it did on those days. And um, I'll never forget this day. This is the best day of my work experience. Vic walks up. Here's the hot dogs. There's only one hot dog left. Everyone else has eaten one. There's one left. Vic goes, hey, Elmer. He never called him Elmo. Elmer, I want a hot dog. And I'll never forget Elmo looking up at him. And he said, well, Vic, I'd love to give it to you, but I've already decided to give it to Chris. And he gave that thing to me, and I took a big old bite right in front of him. <laughs> and there was this kindness. You know what, folks? It's been 20 years since I've seen or talked to Vic or Elmo But I could give you a clear description that Elmo uh, is a tall African-American guy. He has a gold tooth in one. He has a mustache, and uh, he often would wear a white T-shirt. I can tell you what Vic looks like, too. A small little white guy with this big pot belly who always had a scowl on his face. And do you know why I can still remember that? 20 years from now is because of kindness. One was kind. One was unkind. And people don't forget when kindness or unkindness crosses their path. So let me say it again. When you're kind in your marriage, it truly is a better way. When you're kind with your kids, it's a better way. When you're kind with your parents, it's a better way. When you're kind with your friends, it's a better way. When you're kind even in the workplace, it's a better way. And when you're kind, even to your enemies, even to your enemies, it's a better way. Because there is great power in kindness. Folks, the power of kindness is something that you can start today. Each one of us can decide wherever we're at on this level. And we can say, you know what? I think I can take one step up in this whole thing of kindness. And you can practice it today. Be kind and what? Tender-hearted to one another. See, that's why you have to keep on saying it, because you're already getting a little nasty towards me. I can tell. You know, be kind. You know, it's getting close to 1130. Some of you are looking. You know, be kind and tender-hearted to one another. Okay. Here's another exercise with this K2 exercise. Let's suppose something really bad happens. Let's say that my wallet uh, is here and it gets misplaced. Let's say that somebody that is wearing, like, a blue shirt somehow picks it up, and he takes it. And uh, I'm, I'm discouraged. I mean, I'm upset. I'm just uh, not feeling good whatsoever because I've lost my wallet. And I'm a recovering tightwad. I mean, you ask my wife. I mean, we used to have some real hard, stringent things. I mean, one time I only gave her $5 for gas a week when she was in medical school, and she ran out of gas several times. But I mean, when it comes to money, I mean, I was really tight um, early on in our marriage. So I'm down and I'm discouraged. And um, what's something you could do to make me feel better? To help me try to find my wallet? What else could you do? Be kind and tender-hearted to one another. Loan some money, okay? Let me tell you one thing that you could do that does not take too much of your time or energy or effort. You could just smile and say it's going to be okay. So I want to practice that right now. All of you smile. Look at me. Look at me, okay? Let me see. There's a good smile there, okay? Get that guy back there to smile. He He doesn't look very happy, okay? All right, anyone else? Smile, smile, smile. Let me see a K2... Hey, guy with my wallet, smile a little. There you go. Yeah, okay. Anyone else just smile? See what that does? And you know they tell you all the time that it takes less muscles to smile than to frown, you know? So you should smile. And it's amazing the power of what a smile does when people are going through stuff. Now, I mean, if someone died, you know, you don't go up and go, Boy, I'm so glad he's dead, you know? No, I'm not talking about that. But most of the time, circumstantial things that happen, just a smile, all of a sudden people are like, all right, I can get through this. I can get better. You know, I can make it. So just practice that this week. Practice it at home. Practice it wherever. Here's the last thing that I'm going to let you go. And it's this. The K-3 level. This is what I call graduate level, doctoral level t- type of kindness. It's called otherworldly kindness. Otherworldly worldly type of kindness. People who ascend to this kind of level, do you know why they get there? It's because they look at God and they go, God, you have been so kind to me that I can't help but just totally be kind to other people all the time. And these people, it stirs so deep within them that they're not just at the level of I'm not going to be a jerk, They're not even like, I'm going to be kind here and there, but they're like otherworldly, out of the box. How can I be kind to people in some outrageous, extravagant kind of ways? A person says, I just want to blow someone's socks off with kindness. Something that they won't expect. I'm just going to do it for them. You know, one of the most moving stories in all of the Bible is in the Old Testament, the second half of the Bible. And it's the story of David. It was just a poor little shepherd boy He became the greatest king of the whole Old Testament. And one day, he's just caught with the fact that he is overwhelmed with this unfailing, never-ending kind of kindness that God has given to him. And he decides that, you know what, I want to be able to do some just outrageous kindness towards somebody else. So he starts walking through his palace where there are, you know, thousands of servants and he's asking them, you know, who is somebody that I could be kind with? And no one's telling him anything. But finally, he goes to this one guy and he goes, well, you know, your friend Jonathan who was killed in the war? He's like, yeah. He goes, well, he's got a son and uh, you could show kindness to him, but you know what? It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of effort. Are you sure you want to do that? David's like, yeah, absolutely. Tell me about him. He said, well, He's poor. Really poor. Like beggar poor. And David's like, I don't care, I don't care. He goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. He's poor and he's crippled. And David's like, I don't care. I I want to be kind to him. No, no. He's crippled with both legs. The only way that he gets around is with his arms. David's like, I don't care. Bring him to the palace. And he gets to the palace and David promises him. He says, you know what? I've got this whole huge plot of land. And I'm going to have people cultivate it. I'm going to have them, uh, you know, uh, till it. I'm going to have them harvest it. Every single year for the rest of your life, for you and your family and your friends, all of you are going to be taken care of. And then he goes to this kind of K3, otherworldly kind of kindness, and the Bible says this. Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, David says to him, you shall live here at my palace, and you will always eat with me at my table. In other words, he's going to be a part of the royal family. It's like if you went to Buckingham Palace, you couldn't even get inside. But just think the queen or the king or the prince is saying, Come in here. You be with us. You're going to hang out with us. We're going to take care of you for the rest of your life. And it blew Mephibosheth's mind. Friends, that is otherworldly kindness. That's the kind of kindness that breaks the mold. That's the kind of kindness that God gives to you. You see, the reality is, He looked one day at all the pile of your sin. All your flub-ups, mess-ups, screw-ups in life. All this huge pile that you feel guilty about sometimes. And He said, No, 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 no. I don't want you to look at that. So I'm going to send my one and only Son... To die on a cross just for you so that we can cancel that away. That you'll never see it again. And I'm going to show you that amazing type of kindness. And today, there are examples of every one of our lives of God's amazing kindness to us. One of the things I love about the jar is that we've always tried to encourage people to get to k 3 It's not good enough if you're a follower of Christ. Just to stay at the jerk factor forever, you've got to move up. And so we've constantly tried to do outrageous things. Some of you today did that by bringing in your bag hunger. That's a kind of K3 thing to do. I realized that it had been a long time since I had made a commitment to do it. And so this morning at 9.15, I'm like, you know what? I want to do this. And I want you to know I was more like a jerk factor. I've only moved up, maybe up to one. But I took some stuff out of our pantry. By the way, Jennifer, some stuff's gone. <laughs> and I just said, I'm going to do this, you know. And every, 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 you know, every uh, single first Sunday, you should be thinking your head towards that way. What can I do kind-wise? Even if one, you know, one can of soup, whatever you can afford, just to be able to give away. That's K3 kind of level. On the 17th, there's going to be a group of people that are going to build, rebuild Delaware County. They're going to help with a a ramp for someone that's disabled. They're going to be able to, to put on a roof for somebody. K Jerk level people, they won't be there. K1 people, probably not. K2 people, some of them. K3 people, they've got it on their calendar. They're like, I'm going to be there. And then the next day, on the Gus Macker Tournament, we're going to go out and we're going to give you know thousands of these uh, 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 towels and freeze pops away to people free. And some people, last year, this is what we noticed. They came for the Sunday celebration, and I don't know if it was fear or the jerk level, whatever. But when we actually got down to Muncie Central, it was like half the people. Because K-1 people won't do it. K-2 people maybe jerk people they've already gone to eat you know k3 people they're going to be saying you know what i want to give myself away for just 20 or 30 minutes and next week we'll talk about a couple that i interviewed who was really scared and intimidated they kind of showed up and they're like well we don't want to look bad you know guilt that's not a good reason to do it either but they felt guilty so they went and did it and it like changed their whole mentality of kindness Well, where are you at on the pyramid? If we bring the pyramid up again, where are you at? Which level are you at? And what would it take for you to take just one step today to go up on the pyramid? Just one step. What would it take? What would it take? Some of you are at a jerk factor. For you to just kind of get out of that, it would be great for you to do that. For others of you, maybe you're at the K-1 level, and if you could just take one step... How? What, what could you do? Some of you, maybe you're at K2, and you're kind most of the time, and you're kind, it, it kind of gears your life, but it's not otherworldly kindness. And some of you are at K3, and you're just kind all the time. You're thinking of outrageous ways to be kind to other people. So where are you at? I don't know where you're at, but wherever you're at, you've got to take a step up on the pyramid. Now, this I want to say, especially if you're at the jerk factor, don't think you're going to get to K3 overnight. Okay? I mean, for some of you, the best thing you could do is just go out the parking lot without going like this, They're looking at everybody, everybody. You know? I mean, go out with a smile. You know, that, that'd be huge for some of you. But to just kind of leave with a little bit niceness, you know, take a little nice pill, turn in the nasty one. And whatever level you're at, just one step. What would it do to show some real kindness? Now, typically at this point, what I do is I say, uh, I say stand up. We have a nice little prayer. And some of you are like, ooh, ah, man, that guy can pray. You know, that's, that's just really good. I love that, you know. And that makes me feel good, you know. I feel real good about that. And others of you, you're at one of these other levels, and you're like, man, would he ever shut up? I thought we would never get out of that, you know? Could he just be quiet? And then there are, there are some of you, you know, like Derek, who um, you're like, could it go longer? I just wish Chris would talk more. It just blesses my life so much. So um, we're not going to do that. But what we're going to do is I looked this week at 70 different songs that had the word smile in the title of each one of them. And I was trying to think, when we left today, what could it be, what kind of song could it be that would put a smile on our face and we'd go through the rest of the week, you know, kind. And uh, we would be kind and tender-hearted uh, to one another. And so I started looking through some of these, and I thought of Smile, you know, the Charlie Chaplin song that Michael Jackson redid, did, and I thought, oh, that's good, but you know, it's kind of low key and then I also thought, I thought, well, let me see what else is here. And so I looked around, and uh, I found Bad Company's uh, song. You know, when I see you, smile. Right. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, if, you know, it wouldn't be fair if, if we didn't you know, help Derek have his favorite song. And so Justin Bieber, You Smile. Uh, Laughter I thought about that one. And uh, I even thought of Taylor Swift. You know, you country folks, uh, she has one called Tied Together with a Smile. But when I thought about all the songs that had smile, that I thought would really like put a smile on her face, there was only one man that I could turn to, and here he is. Anybody know who that is? Barry Manilow. And he had this song. I can't smile without you, okay? So as we leave today, uh, I'd like you to stand up, and you're just going to smile, and uh, let's put Barry on. Go ahead, uh, put him on, go in here. See, look, doesn't that make you feel better already? And as you leave from this place, you know I can't can't smile without you. So go ahead, shake hands. Have a great week. Know you're loved in this place. Can't Thanks, guys. can't smile without you. I smile without you.